Welcome to the Craft of Coaching podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda. As director of a life coach training and certification program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve our skills and the industry. Learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program at teamclcc.com. That's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C dot com. And here's today's episode. We are rounding out this season of the Craft of Coaching podcast with an episode on authenticity with our clients. And I thought that this was an episode that was important to record because there can be this pressure that happens when we become coaches. And I don't think that if anybody like really thinks about this logically, the pressure makes any sense. But there's this pressure that we can still feel to be people who, in the parlance of the day, have all our shit together. And the way that people often think about this is they go, well, if I don't have all my shit together and clients are coming to me because they don't have all their shit together, why would anyone hire me if they see the places where I don't have all my shit together? Well, that's a beautiful question to contemplate. And it's one that in the program I'm a director of and with my own clients, um, when this query comes up, I like to respond to it by saying, how about We practice authenticity with our clients by getting out of the paradigm that anyone, anywhere, is supposed to have all their shit together. That's much more freeing, isn't it? It's a little bit like, okay, when I get out from under that paradigm that anyone, anywhere is supposed to have all their shit together, then we actually get to something that is more real and that is more true about the human experience. And it is this existence that we live making peace with a messy middle. And the older I get, the more I see that while I absolutely keep my personal arrow pointed high, I mean, I got ambition for days. I am one of those people where I don't think, (laughs) I don't think it's a bad thing for myself. This is not for everyone, but I don't think it's a bad thing that every single day in my life, I am thinking about how to strive for excellence. For some people, that idea of striving for excellence, first of all, striving, they would take issue with that. There's a real ethos in self-help these days about like, stop all the striving, quit all the hustling. And I'm like, I totally get it. When When those things show up as a shadow that wear you down, absolutely. But to me, striving for excellence does not feel like a shadow that wears me down. It doesn't feel like this hungry ghost that I'm always in search of, it feels enlivening. It feels kind of exciting to play life as a game where I go, ah, what do I get to create today? How might I create today even better than I did before? When I'm, when I'm looking at my, my goals for the year, how might I set goals that make life an even richer experience? And it's not just about goals. It's about the micro movements in between because integrity in particular is seriously important to me. I hate the feeling of being out of integrity with myself more than just about any other feeling in the world. So there's a pretty constant looking at my life and just filtering things 
almost automatically through an evaluatory lens of what would integrity do? What would courage do? What is my highest self calling me towards? And I, I can colloquially call that striving for excellence, even though it feels more enlivening than it does striving. So all of that having been said, how do we practice authenticity with our clients? Because the older I get, the more I see that for as much as one strives for excellence, there's always some place where we're falling short. And that's both the, the fun of it and also the reconciling that we have to do. There will always be something in your life that could use some attending to. A relationship, a health issue, looking at your money, looking at how you run your home, how you manage your time, how you give back, what you stand up for, what you use your voice for. There will always be something in your life that could use a little more attending to. So let's just give up the ghost, all right? You are not going to be perfect for your clients. So any pressure you might feel to show up that way in your branding, like if you think that you have to get the perfect selfie angle before you can post a picture, time to let that go. If you think that when you are going through a rough time, you can't talk about it with anybody online, you're going to have to let that go. Now, I'm saying you're going to have to let that go, both from the perspective of, if we're thinking about marketing, you're going to need to let it go because you can't keep that up forever. But I'm also saying you got to let that go from the perspective of, it's actually not in your highest to try to hide these pieces of yourself. Now, I'm not encouraging the flip side either, and I think that Dr. Brene Brown has just done such a beautiful job of illustrating this around vulnerability that showing vulnerability is not in essence going and like emotionally vomiting up every problem that you've ever had. Okay. So we don't go from clamping down on authenticity and vulnerability completely to letting it all hang out. And then that is vulnerability and authenticity. Rather, I think that it's most helpful for us to consistently ask ourselves how we can step into a reframing of difficulty. And as we step into those, those difficulties and our process of reframing, how can we be open and transparent about that with our clients? So again, I'm going to say, say that one more time, because I'm a big examples person also, um, education psychology nerd, like over here, love reading about curriculum design and how people learn. <laughs> I'm so, like Google Scholar. Oh, I'm so hot for Google Scholar and a good, you know, clinically backed research study that actually looked at some aspect of like how humans tick and like showed that this is what we do. Love it. Um, but in essence, again, how can we ourselves make it a personal mission? That when we encounter difficulty, we are going to actively reframe it because we recognize that that is part of how we live an excellent, an exceptional, a vibrant, a forward-leaning life. And how do we model that for our clients? So we do it for ourselves because that is integrity, because that is what it takes to live a better life. When challenges come my way, I don't reframe them because I'm trying to outrun them or avoid them, 
I do realize that some people do this and I've done that before too. So you're not bad if you do that. Okay. That's commonly referred to as spiritual bypass. And that's a term that I believe was uh, coined by Ken Wilber. And it basically refers to kind of trying to throw glitter on shit and pretend that it's not really shit, you know? Um, and spiritual bypass is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when difficulties arise in my life, and I encourage you to do the same, reframing them, not because you're trying to avoid them, not because you're trying to pretend they're not there, go, la, 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 I can't hear you, but rather because you recognize that you live a freer, more open, more vital, more expressed life than if you were to not reframe. And when you are actively reframing in a public way, like on social media or in some other capacity where your clients might see you, I think that's very powerful for them too. Personally, I find it very helpful when I see the people that I look up to or just in general, the the people that are in my orbit taking time out of their lives and going, okay, I'm struggling with this thing and here's what I notice about where I'm at in this and where I am really committed to going. That is something that reminds me that it's possible for me to do that too. So when I'm thinking about authenticity with clients, I'm thinking about actually stepping into a a model of self-coaching and self-care where you take exquisite care of yourself. And part of taking exquisite care of yourself, it's not just like bath beads and like chilling out. There's a way we can take exquisite care of ourselves and model that for our clients when we go, you know what? Like this shit sandwich that I've just been handed, I'm not going out like that. I'm not just rolling over and going, oh, well, you know what? Woe is me. I'm actually going, I'm going to take some time to feel what I feel. I'm going to be really real about that. I might need to cry right now. I might need to scream into a pillow right now. Might need to go for a run. Might need to call a friend. Might need to journal it out. Like I'm going to do something to attend to the feelings. I'm not trying to bypass them. I'm also not going to put lipstick on a pig or glitter on shit, as I so eloquently stated before. Sorry, everybody, if you don't like curse words, today's just one of those days. Um, I'm also not going to put lipstick on a pig and pretend it's not what it is. Like, I look around at the world right now, and I see the news headlines, and I'm not going to sit here and just go, you know what, I'm sure it's all going to work out for the best. No, there are some shenanigans happening politically right now. It is not right. It is not okay. It does upset me to see it. And my votes, my dollars, and my volunteerism are going to go to changing those things. And I will consistently say and model my actions, pattern my actions in the direction of there is hope for change. There is a way to make it better. I am not going to look at oppressive systems and just roll over and go, oh, well, you know, okay, what are you going to do? It's the system's too big. It's just all too much. No, I'm going to feel my anger or despair, whatever my feelings are, and strive for that excellence. Strive for, I will stay committed to, there is a way to make this better. There is hope. There is change. There is something. I don't know what's coming, but that is how I'm pointed. That to me is one way that we might practice authenticity with our clients. 
very real things happening in the world that could bother someone. And we're going to be really real about how those things impact us and what is it that we want to do with that and how do we show that and be open and transparent about that. I'll just give another example since I got the examples today. Um, At this moment, I am in the process of moving to another state as of recording this in spring of 2020. I'm uh, moving from California to Nevada, actually. And that has involved selling our home and a new home in another state and a lot of phone calls and a lot of documents and a whole lot, a lot, a lot, as you can imagine. I've got my kid with her own process around it because she's a little tiny, little teensy tiny. And she, you know, she's feeling nervous about a couple things. And I'm feeling nervous about how it's going to go for her. And I'm feeling nervous about how it's going to go for me and for my husband. Are we all going to be happy there? Who are we going to meet? How's it going to go? So there are all these things that are coming up. And then on top of that, I got a cold. You you might even hear it in my voice today. I've got a little bit of like voice happening here. And I, I don't like it. I don't like that I'm feeling sick. I don't like that. My to-do list feels a gazillion miles long. I don't like those things. Um, and I can talk about those things here and I can, I, can, I can share with you and I can share with people online. And I can share with people on social media right now, right here. It's really hard and I understand that this is just how transitions look. This is it. I mean, I've done a couple transitions. I've actually lived in a couple of different states in my lifetime around the United States. I've always seen it go basically in this way. The parts of you that don't want anything to change, the parts of you that are like, oh my God, can we just get the change done already? Can I just like bypass all this other stuff? The parts of me that are aware that if I rush to bypass all the, all the, you know, last goodbyes and really savoring my time here that if I don't savor it later, I might go, Oh God, why didn't I spend more time? Like, you know, it's a mixed bag and that's the human experience. Not perfect. Like perfect would probably be just nothing but a buoyant adventure. And I'm not even stressed. I just made a to-do list. Nope. I don't think life works that way. I'm a human being. I am absolutely behind the decisions that my husband and I came to around why we wanted to move. We are in choice around why we're moving. We're celebrating the hell out of a lot of things because there are a lot of things that we're really excited about. And literally as of the day I'm recording this, officially got a text from my realtor that escrow is fully closed and I am sitting here recording this episode in a house that I no longer own. And that feels weird. That feels totally weird. I'm just sitting here right now. And there are going to be parts of me that are going to get sentimental. I live in Northern California currently, and it is such a beautiful part of the world. There are things that I thought living here would be. And those, some of those things did not pan out. And that's sad to me. It's like giving up on a dream or letting go of a dream. And also it's recognizing, again, this is all the complicated mix of things that the dream I had was not location dependent. And that actually moving to our new city is going to 
really afford a lot more room in a lot of different ways for the dreams that I had, that my husband had, the dreams we had for our daughter. And so those dreams aren't gone. They just aren't location dependent. Now, I can talk about all those things with all of you, and I can feel very secure talking about them and authentic and not worried that anybody's going to think that something is wrong with me for the things that I think, in part because I've done a lot of my own self-coaching and self-work to just be okay with all the parts. And so that is the thing that I want to really wrap up today's episode by asking anyone who's listening to contemplate. What is the work that you are doing to be comfortable with the, with the things that you might otherwise be inclined to hide? So in other words, if you know that you have built a coaching practice around helping other people with their creative process, and yet you are neglecting your own creative process, you might be inclined not to be very authentic with your clients because deep down you kind of know, oh my gosh, I haven't been like really tapping into my own creative process. Well, it's time to attend to that. It's time to realign with your integrity around that. You might be someone who is a relationship coach who has just recently gone through a divorce, or maybe you're a dating coach, but you've never been married. And maybe your critic comes up and is like, what kind of dating coach are you going to be? You've never even been married. So how do you know that you really are able to help your clients find their life partners? And it's like, okay, it's time for you to look at that critic voice because the critic voice is wrong. And the be all end all of someone's life existence and the reasons why they might want support around dating are not always so they can get married. And I can toss that off to you pretty easily because that's not the thing I'm hooked the most by. My point is, whatever the thing is that hooks you, the thing that you feel some shame around, the thing that you can't quite look yourself in the eye over, take it to coaching. Receive coaching around this. Write those things down and then go after transforming them like your hair is on fire and you need water. And that is a really bold statement for me to make. But here's the thing. I don't think your clients deserve any less and you can really only take them as far as you yourself are willing to go. But even bigger than that, I think you don't deserve any less. It's not necessarily how can I be authentic online and elsewhere when clients might see that I'm flawed. I think the bigger question to undertake for life coaches is how can I be authentic with myself? Because that's where it all begins. I don't have any shame when a client wants to talk to me about terrible things they've said to their partner, because I know that I have said terrible things to my partner and I've worked through that and I've cleaned that up. I've made the amends. I've looked at why I said those things in the heat of an argument. I've gone to the the couple's counseling. I've looked my partner in the eye and said, I'm sorry. I've looked myself in the eye in a mirror and said, I'm doing better. This is non-negotiable. Respect is non-negotiable in this relationship. I have made mistakes with friends. I have made mistakes in my business. I have had failures of all sorts, and the only time that I ever have felt any inclination not to be authentic about those failures is if I wasn't actually looking at the mistake 
and processing through it and reconciling it. As long as I'm processing through and reconciling the mistake, like really looking at what I did, why I did it, and what I want to learn from that so that I can move forward, I'm good. But anytime I avoid it and want to kind of push it to the corners, I'm, I'm in a hell of my own making. And I think the same is true for you if you really think about it. The things that make you want to hide are the prison you are putting yourself in. This is why to practice authenticity with clients, we have to practice authenticity with ourselves. We have to be the first ones to give ourselves some grace and some compassion. Our clients deserve to really sit with someone who knows what it's like to go to the depths of giving grace and compassion in the midst of some pretty big mistakes. But again, you deserve that. And that's why I hope that as you're a new or emerging coach, I realize that sometimes um, when you're first getting your business going, it might feel like, oh, I can't spend money on coaching on top of that. Well, find someone you went to coach training with and do peer swaps. One of the biggest reasons why the design of the Courageous Living Coach certification is so heavily built around an experiential model where you have to get in there and practice coaching with one another is because community is so important. And lately I've been talking everyone's ear off about this book by Johan Hari, H-A-R-I, called Lost Connections. And I got interested in this book after I saw his TED Talk. He has two, and one is on addiction and one is on depression. And his one on depression, I, again, nerd into the research. I watch TED Talks on my, on my lunch hour. Amazon Fire has an actual TED app, so you can just like watch a bunch of TED Talks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's your tidbit of the day to make your life better. So I watched TED Talks. I saw Johan Hari's TED Talk on depression, and he's questioning a lot of conventional assumptions that people have about why people get depressed and what the interventions are when people get depressed. What actually makes a difference? And the big thing that came to me when reading his book, I, so then I got interested in his book and read his book. And the big thing that came, came to me reading his book is connection. It's connection all the way. It's always been connection. And I knew that on some level when I built the curriculum for the Courageous Living Coach certification years and years and years ago. And then reading his book feels really validating because it's like social connection is so positively correlated to so many markers of well-being. I mean, they've even found that the, the better social connections people have, like the better physical immunity people have. It's kind of nuts. So there's this way in which I think we need to maintain an essential connection to ourselves and our own processes and also, we need to maintain a connection with others who are supporting us along the way. So CLCC, we build in a lot of peer coaching, and that's very intentional. But even at, you know, regardless of what program you took or once you've graduated, it's like you, you still actually need to find those peers and swap those sessions with those peers. That is vitally important because... Each of you are learning from those swaps and each of you are doing that deep dive into authenticity with those swaps. In front of your coaching peers, there needs to be a space where you're able to say, this is the place where I get stuck, where I don't have it all figured out. 
I've been working with my own coach, Leanne Raymond, for the past several years. And um, earlier this week, I was totally on the phone talking to her. And then emotions started to come up. And the emotion was coming up from this place of like um, an old pattern that had just found, you know, as patterns do, a new way to show up, right? Like you think you found all the ways that the pattern shows up. And then there's a new way (laughs) that it shows up. And I was feeling a kind of sadness, despair, frustration, angst about the fact that this thing was coming up again. Oh my God. And that's really real. That's the thing that was coming up for me. And I look at that session just a couple days ago and I go, okay, yeah. So this is what I needed to walk through to process out yet another little piece of that. Doesn't mean that I haven't learned anything from what I've walked through already. Doesn't mean I'll always be here. Doesn't mean there's no hope for the future. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean, doesn't mean. But I need another human being to help me through that spot. And I needed to be able to go to that coach and show up authentically with, hey, this is the place where it still hurts. And she supported beautifully. So if you are not already regularly getting coaching sessions, please find your person. Find your person who's going to hold that space for you. And hold that space for yourself. Hold yourself to a higher standard. Hold yourself to a standard of, I will feel my feelings authentically. And I will reframe in the direction of something better. I will be relentlessly committed to reframing in the direction of something better. This is not a denial of when things are hard. This is things are hard and my commitment is reframing in the direction of something better. That to me is how you show up imperfectly, authentically, raw, real, transparent with your clients. And the gift of you showing up that way with your clients will be for them the same gift that you get from people who show up authentically. When somebody else models the way for us, it gets a little bit easier to see how we ourselves are going to walk the path. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment to give us a rating in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, ah, so helpful because that helps other people to learn about this podcast and also listen in. You might also want to become a subscriber so that you always get the latest episodes. If you head over to the Courageous Living Coach Certification website at teamclcc.com, that's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com, and sign up to be a subscriber, not only will you get the first information about whenever we open up enrollment, you will also get access to a number of bonuses, like our Become a Coach video series, invitations to webinars on the craft of coaching, and so much more. So I hope that I see you over there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day.